Welcome back to the After Hours Podcast, episode six coming your way. And on this one, we got some pretty exciting stuff. We're gonna join Zach Rosmus, who's gonna dive into his late October bow kill. Drake Lamb joins us to give us an update on what him and Justin have been doing and his November 4th bow kill. And then I actually dive into some of the coolest events that I've ever had happen in the deer woods. We were on a piece of public land doing some scouting, came across a gentleman's deer, were able to find him through the power of social media and just great timing and go on a recovery with him on his biggest deer ever. So on the front end here, I wanted to address we did film this on November 7th and we're a few days late, so I really do apologize about that. So if you're watching, we are going to ask you to just try and look past Zach's internet connection. He has an incredible story, like I said, and it's one that I think is relatable to everybody. You know, Zach was able to purchase his first farm a few years back and from there he's built an incredible relationship with his neighbor. And, you know, he dives into how important that relationship was. He actually shot his bow deer on that piece of ground that's just to his north. And uh, it's an incredible story of hunters working together. Couldn't be happier for him. And appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Finally, the Arctic Shield Chasing November giveaway is still going on. And then another big announcement, the Hoyt 24 bow line is finally released. So be sure to check out Hoyt.com or their Instagram pages for all the information. They are incredible bows. Go shoot them at your local pro shop. So let's jump to the podcast. Hope you guys have been having some great hunts of your own and we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Welcome back to the After Hours Podcast, episode six, and we are coming at you live on November 7th, one of the best days in the hunting woods. And we got some big buck stories on this one. Got Drake Lamb joining us. Zach Ross was over in Eastern Iowa, and then Mike Reed also over in Eastern Iowa. So appreciate you guys joining us for this one. We got a lot of big buck stories. Zach and Drake have both tagged bucks in the last week. I had a pretty interesting story tonight on the Iowa public land, and then Mike's got a new target that showed up recently. So lots to get into. Let's waste no time. Zach, take us back to October. We talked about show, you know, talking about this one, and I think it's time to to finally bring it to the podcast. Yeah, so I was able to harvest a buck that I called Chicken Nugget. And I guess to start off, I get a lot of questions about why I call them Chicken Nugget. So uh, it's uh, I use the food theme down at my farm. And so that's just been something that I feel like all of us, when we're always talking about these storylines and especially keeping tabs on specific deer, you run out of names really quickly, you know, so it's like hard to stay on a theme, you know, type of thing. Food is just one of those things that's endless supply when it comes down to it. There's always a different name to go out there. So he was a six point last year and he was actually a deer that was on my hit list last year too. And this year he turned into an eight pointer. So he went from a six piece to an eight piece. And that's, so that's how the, the chicken nugget, you know, name kind of got started. And that's what, I don't know, some of these names that just make sense in my head to other people, they maybe don't make any sense at all. Um, but, uh, one of the things that was unique about my storyline this year is that right before season kicked off is that I have a really good relationship with my neighbors down at area 52 and right away when I bought the farm, made the introductions where actually from the real estate company that, um, we purchased the farm from, I told them, Hey, here's my phone number, whoever buys the other parcels, you know, associated with this bigger piece, you know, type of thing, please pass along my information, you know, so I can develop a relationship. 
And it was one of those things that from the very beginning, um, those landowners and I, we just got along and we actually look a lot alike to that red beard, you know, type of thing. So you walk up to them and, you know, I could probably be like their third or brother, you know, type of thing that comes along with that. So, um, but right before uh, the season kicked itself off, uh, I was able to gain access to their farm as well, um, which was a really big opportunity for me. I played a big part in a lot of the land management from their food plots, timber stain improvement. Um, we did a joint timber harvest together where we actually used the same logger all together to combine our efforts um, we're constantly sending pins on Onyx, like back and forth to one another, you know, about different land management projects we're working on. Hey, what do you think about this stand location? You know, wherever it might be. So I was able to gain access, uh, to another 110 acres adjacent to area 52, which, you know, made a huge impact, um, when it came down to it, because we're always sending, we've always trailed, uh, saved, uh, sended trail cam pictures back and forth to one another. And oftentimes they were picking up deer that I would never have photos of and vice versa. I would have deer on my farm that they would never have photos of. And so that changed uh, my plan coming into the season a little bit because I just knew that that would open up the opportunity because essentially the way area 52 and their farm hunts is that it's a small sliver of ag. So tillable acres with a large amount of timber and it's got a really unique topography and but what i would say is that they own the bedding you know the bedding's all located on their farm specifically it has um, some south facing slopes some really deep ridges and i knew if we were able to get a buck on pattern which this year i would argue that it was probably the biggest the largest number of hitless bucks that i've had down there since i've owned the farm you know uh, the first couple of years it was like one or two deer that i was after maybe but this year, I mean, it got up to four or five. And even since I've killed Chicken Nugget, there's been a couple other bucks that are now homebodies all of a sudden, too. Um, so that's been part of that story. But uh, as far as this specific hunt goes, it's a hanging hunt. And it's one of those trees that's like super rewarding because when we were doing that logging um, mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago, there was this one white oak that sits at a location that there's a deep ditch to the north of it. There's a fence row that runs to the south of it, and it just sets up right at the transition of the timber, an inside corner going out to the tillable acres. And so I remember when we were going through and doing the logging, I, I told my neighbors, I was like, you guys cannot take that tree. I was like, you got to <laughs> leave it. I was like, it's a big white oak, and it's probably argue one of the most valuable trees, you know, that was on the actual farm itself. But I was like, you guys got to leave it. I was like, it's in such a good spot. It sets up so well to hunt. And fast forward to the morning, um, you know, where I look up and the only deer that we saw really that morning was chicken nugget. It was just everything kind of coming together in the same way, you know, type of thing where it was a situation where I almost foreshadowed it myself, like when it came down to it. So it's one of those spots that has a really cool setup. So we're looking north right now. And then it's tough to see, but right where he's about ready to cross down is like that ditch that I'm referring to. Um, and actually where he's crossing at, um, from the stand location and he's North of us right there. I thought I missed my opportunity because he crosses at about 46 yards in that location. I'm like, man, that would have been a long shot. And with the timber being pretty thick in that area, but he ends up circling, um, off to the West of us. Um, and then gave me a 35 yard quarter and away shot. But uh, it was a fun morning, cold, brutally cold that morning. Uh, 
<laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> the phone uh, always be off. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, it was a brutally cold morning. Um, first deer that we saw, I looked up. Typically, I don't know why I did it like this, but uh, typically when Ty's with me, I'll be like, hey, Ty, there's a deer over here. You know, you do the whispering. But for whatever reason, this time I reached over and I like grabbed his arm, like when he's in the tree. And I like, and I immediately was like, hey, it's chicken nugget. Like I knew it was him right away. Um, he had been so regular on camera. And I told Ty the day before that with just how regular he was on camera, it was just a matter of time that we we're going to have an encounter with him. I mean, he's showing up on multiple cams pretty consistently. And I couldn't even see his rack. But when I saw him, like his actual forehead is very dark and distinct. I knew it was him like instantly, like it's just a big body, blocky headed buck, um, ends up working his way in. And it was just a really memorable hunt that although it didn't actually occur on area 52, it very much felt like it was all connected to one because I've done so much land management work with my neighbors and I've spent a lot of time up there, you know, helping them out and then, you know, helping out my storyline ultimately too, because anytime you can have a relationship with your neighbor where you're working hand in hand, where, I'm excited to genuinely when they show up, you know, type of thing when they're down in the area, like that's what I'm most excited about is to see them and build those memories with them. And then I was pretty excited that morning too, when I was able to give them the call, you know, type of thing and let them know, Hey, this is a buck that I was able to harvest that morning. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't have any experience with owning ground, but having got to see a lot of first farms or just a farm's development, it really does come down to the farm's as good as the neighbor. And just not, yeah. and let me be clear, like I'm not saying one strategy or one management strategy is better than the other, but it does make a difference. And when you can be on the same page, I mean, it certainly seems to be a lot more enjoyable, a lot less drama. And that's one thing that, you know, I've got to obviously hear it from you over and over, but it's like, it is so cool that the farm you buy, the first one ever, you end up making great friends after it too. I mean, uh, Mike, I'm sure. And I think that, and I think that there's always like that experience too, where you don't have a relationship with your neighbors too, where don't get me wrong. I I always try to be a person that if someone, when they pull the trigger or pull the release, if they're ultimately happy with what they harvested that day, that's what's most important about being in the deer woods, right? Is making those memories. And as long as they're happy with it, even if it ends up being that really great three-year-old, you know, type of thing that you'd really love to see two years from now, like if they're happy with it, that's what's important. But it's been fun to be able to say and have that relationship with them where it's like, hey, what do you think about this four-year-old? You know, I think that we should give them another year, you know, type of thing and be able to utilize those bedding areas. And one of the things that we've done substantially is that, um, you know, that farm was a blank slate, you know, and I know that that's something that's used quite a bit. But essentially, it was cattle pasture that they had just let it go up into, you know, grass, essentially. And so converting that back to tillable to be able to have that food and increase that carrying capacity, um, it made a substantial difference on the number of deer that were seen on camera. And then even just sitting in the stand, you know, for just the deer that were seen on the property, you know, type of thing throughout the rut, um, completely different, you know, night and day difference in that short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Like Josh mentioned it. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to beat good neighbors and having good relationships and it doesn't come without effort. Right. I mean, I, yeah. you, you made a lot of effort there and uh, I mean, you could have just as easily never reached out and never met them and been like, I wonder who's over the fence, you know? And I think that, uh, I mean, it's a testament to your sort of character and your efforts there and it helps, but how much, how many acres do you have there, Zach? 
So I have 90 acres is what I have. So it's okay. called Area so 52. And that was just a name that, you know, my wife and I, we came up from, you know, with the name, you know, type of thing going off of themes or stuff like that. We're always doing that. So it's 90 acres is what we own. So then 200 acres between you and the neighbor. Yep. And uh, man, I think it's fascinating that you guys had bucks, you know, different bucks, you know, when you yeah. think about home ranges and, I, I actually walked that farm. I mean, I, I, yeah. I know, I mean, it's, there's a lot of timber there. It's a lot of cover and obviously there's different food in different directions and whatnot, but I think that's pretty interesting uh, to, you know, basically open yourself up to different bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what's crazy about that is that, I mean, you spent some time on the property, Mike, essentially the North side of the property is a big uh, north facing slope that has a creek that runs through it that is an absolute travel corridor, you know, type of deal where there's a lot of east and west movement. And I don't get any of that down on Area 52, you know, so mine's far enough south away from that where I don't sure. get a lot of that east to east and west movement. Um, because even that that buck that I called Turkey last year, I knew that my chances were really, really slim at killing that deer. I knew that the whole time. And the reason why I knew that is because I was sharing photos with my neighbors and I knew how often they were getting them, you know, and where they were getting them at. And I knew that I was on the very Southern end of where his core was. And if I was going to get him, it was going to be very small window. Well, we ended up coming to find out I had one opportunity on October 26th. And that was the only time I really ever had photos of that buck, you know, leading into that season, you know, type of thing. So like just that small, you know, 40, 50 acre difference can make such a difference on, you know, where that actual core areas are in some of these bucks. Yeah. I think, I think it's only going to get better out there. You know, I, I've purchased oh, yeah. farms and, and not killed a buck for three years. And then you get the age structure on it and then you maintain it. And the yeah. like you've, you've already noticed your each year, you've got a bigger crop of mature bucks and it just becomes uh, so fun to see the efforts come to fruition. Yeah, effort yeah for, for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Living the dream. He had a drop time, didn't he? He did. Um, he had a drop time off of one of his main beams and, it's actually cool to see he actually broke it off is what he broke it off. And he almost, it's like close to where he almost broke off his main beam too. Cause it like the break that he has like goes up into the main beam. So it's almost a miracle. It didn't break off one of his entire sides too. Mm. All nine piece then, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was such a dominant old brute like that, that he was probably, you know, rubbing on a steel fence post or something like that and broke it off. So. <laughs> If you want to get it repaired, I got a guy I can hook yeah. you up with. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, I guess you've already made mention of it. You had deer show up that maybe you haven't already. Is he one of those bucks that really made a big difference in what was using that portion of both of your properties? Um, either way, super excited for you guys. Zach, how old did you think he was? Uh, I think he's at least six and a half. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, those bucks, yeah. man. It once they get up there, you might as well get them out, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I wish Ty Allen was actually on here to talk about. So Ty is for those of you that wouldn't know this, but Ty is one of our interns. He's from Louisiana, and it's one of my favorite things of the season so far. Has just been checking in how he's dealt with the cold. And if you remember the Mike story, Mike and Zach actually, you guys killed what within two or three hours of each other. Very, yeah. very cold morning. Um, 
How, how first exciting. flight I was nine thirty or nine twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How exciting was it to have, see Ty's reaction or lack thereof, knowing how intense he was on capturing the story? Yeah. So I've really enjoyed getting to know Ty a little bit better because I think we've all, if you spend enough time doing videography, you know, too, especially if you have a cameraman, it's the same person time after time you develop that relationship with them, you know, in the tree very much where there's like that working relationship. There's like that quirky where I'm someone that I always try to have fun because, you know, what we're doing in the outdoors, this is stuff that we really enjoy doing. So having Ty and have another person, you know, be able to go through that with you is always fun. So I would say that uh, Ty's initial reaction was a little subdued and there wasn't much of it um, at the initial reaction. Um, because I felt like I was on like cloud nine, you know, as soon as it happened, you know, I'm shaking, you know, how that huge adrenal- adrenaline rush. And I remember like one of the first things that he said is that he was like paranoid whether or not he hit record or not. And like, that's not what you want to hear in that moment, you know, like <laughs> See, that's why every yeah. time like, when you go back and, you're, and you're, the guy, your film was like, Oh, let's look at it. That's like your heart drops every yeah. time. But, yeah. Yeah. And he said he said that uh one of the things he said he's like i just don't even remember hitting record and i was just like you know well, we'd done a lot you know of training up to that point you know to get to that thing where it's muscle memory apparently and, ah. um but but i would say that ty definitely had a reaction it was just later than what mine was because when we got up and we found him because one of the things with when you film your hunts, we always talk about too, is that after you shoot the first thing that we want to do is, Hey, I need to look at the shot. Let me see the viewfinder. You know, I want to look at what it looks like where, you know, uh, individuals that aren't filming, they don't understand that side of it as much, you know, type of thing. Because we get the opportunity to see a lot of times a completely different angle of what that shot looked like. And so you go through that initial reaction. And my first thought was that when I shot chicken nugget was that I heart punched him. Like that was my initial thought. My instincts told me I saw the arrow fly true through the air and turns out that's what happened. But when I looked at the viewfinder, like I was like, gosh, man, it looks low. You know, maybe it's no man's land. Like I'm not sure, you know, type of deal. And so when we picked up the track, it turns out that, I mean, I hit him in the heart, you know, um, made a really good shot on him and we found him within 65 yards of the tree. And once we had found him and tagged him, I looked over at Ty and then he had that moment, you know, type of thing where it was like, Hey, all this work has come together. We found him, you know, type of thing. This is the product of all that hard work that we put together. Um, and I think I'm going to see too, um, Ty's very talented through the lens. I mean, that's very apparent, you know, I think on my blog, you know, every time I've ever been out in the woods with him, Ty is very talented on that regard. And, uh, I mean, he, he killed it on the footage, you know, I mean, he really did. I mean, it's a really cool hunt and it's something that I'm going to be able to cherish for a long time because, this hunt very much tells a story of how it happened for me in the woods, which I think is always really um, indicative. If you're the hunter, if you're the one in front of the camera, if you can rewatch it and it has that same emotional feel that when you were out there, that's amazing to be able to like tell that story true, you know, and that's really important to me. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more Ty. The whole intern class has done an incredible job working their tails off and it is a, uh, it's a great phone call to get that October 30th was a very busy day mm-hmm. on the old texting group chat. And it was just like, Zach killed, Mike killed, who else is going to kill? But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm very excited that, you know, Ty finally got to uh, see what an Iowa deer on the ground looks like. I know ever since Tim shot his deer in 2020, 
he's been just dreaming of that moment. So I think that's cool about like our internship is like a, a lot of these guys aren't Midwest guys. So it's just like, yeah, I'm coming to Iowa and you know, have all these expectations and then you finally put it together and they're, you know, they're freaking out more than we are, even though we love it. Right. But it's like, it's a total new thing for them. So it's cool to see that with, you know, the years progressing with the internship. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I know, and go ahead. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. I'll follow you, bud. Well, I was just going to say too, that, you know, we did talk about the weather a little bit too, where like, that has absolutely been a part of our story, you know, type of thing too, because I, that first cold hunt, uh, cold front that we had in October, you know, if you remember that we had some pretty cold temperatures and it was like 25 mile hour wind gust where mm-hmm. it was cold, you know, and I think Ty had every single piece of clothing that he brought with him, you know, to Iowa. He was wearing it that day, you know, type of deal. And there was definitely the eye-opening moments where we're talking about how do we need to layer properly, you know, type of thing. And how do we need to go about this, you know? And, uh, you know, that's that's been really enjoyable about it, too, is like for him to experience that side of it, too. Because there's also been times, too, where sometimes I think that we take for granted, like how big the deer are in here in Iowa, even just like the body size of it. Because I think back on, it might even have been my first hunt of the season or that one of the things that sticks with me that Ty said on camera was that uh, he's like, Mr. Zach, there's a large bodied animal out in the beans, you know, type of thing. And he was just like, you know, that was like what he was like thinking was that Mr. like, that's Zach. a big, yeah. <laughs> he's no, like, that's no a way big that's a deer. <laughs> there's either an elk or a red stag you know yeah. like uh <laughs> jumping the fence your cows jump fences. that's funny yeah oh that's funny like what yeah. were you gonna say earlier well just drake saying that sort of people coming from out of state and then experiencing it and getting so excited it made me think of rye when i shot dk actually and rye this is his third season he's from maryland I mean, he moved out here. He just loves deer. And I mean, he, you know, had a career in Maryland. He and his wife decided to come to Iowa and do the internship. And now he he works uh, for Midwest Whitetail 41 North. And, you know, the guy just is very passionate about deer. But, you know, DK comes in and I shoot him and I turn around and he is shaking violently. And uh, he can't he can't film. He's like trying. He's like. And, and I'm like trying to do the, uh, I'm like, Hey, let's get the, let's film this film. Then he's like, you got to give me a minute. You know, he's like, you gotta give me a minute. And he's like, I have, I have never shaken this much for any deer that I've shot or you're shot. And we've killed some good deer together. And yeah. it, it was pretty cool to see that, that, man, it hit him hard. I was like, that's so awesome. You know, uh, it's just man, funny. It's cool. cool to be there to enjoy that for other people too. Like, yeah. That's, that's part of the fun of filming. It's just like, it's not only for you. It's just such a team thing. It was just, you know, yeah. your lens are in front of it, man. It's I can't just, wait to hear it's a wee thing, you know? I can't wait yeah. to hear what he thinks about our all day set of public land tomorrow. He will not be talking that way. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of snacks. Lots of snacks. Yeah. Oh, I'm loaded. Yeah. No, dollars a case. He's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's not lying. Um, they, it's a, the internships, like one of my favorite things about Midwest Whitetail, man. I mean, you guys talked about Rod. You talked about Ty. I'll never forget Max Mongrello, 2019. It was a summer night. We went to a piece of public land on a, a bean field. We saw like 25 deer, had a two and a half, three and a half year old run by us. And it was just like he had seen a thousand deer I remember, you know, he was from georgia and i just remember he's like dude i saw more deer tonight than i've seen an entire season in georgia and i will never forget how humbling that that was and right. like perspective yeah. 
thinking of like, and we really are just so lucky to call Iowa home. Right. Um, now, congrats, Zach. This episode, or excuse me, that kill will be available Thursday or Friday. Uh, we're going to do a midweek episode for you guys. Zach's will pair with the Epperson brothers from Missouri. Uh, and uh, very excited to bring that one your way. But a great transition would be internship. This guy next to me. Going all the way back yeah, to 2017. Yeah, I guess with me, I guess. <laughs> going all, all the way back to 2017. <laughs> um, Justin Carnes, Drake Lamb, and a couple other guys, intern class. That's when him and I met. Mm-hmm. And I think that your November 4th, and you know, upkills, pretty full circle moment going from the videography right. all the way to the career you're trying to start now. So I think uh, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, kind of a full circle deal like me and Justin he came in and um in the intern class didn't really have any experience or anything so I kind of just took him under my wing and then we kind of he's just as nutty about deer as I am and so we just kind of hit it off and he lived you know not too far from where I hunted and it just his wife's great she's like she's like my sister you know it's just it's great so basically became best friends addicted to deer and we love the land management and all all the facets of all that and so um we've been taking a sister the last couple of years and she actually killed a freaking slammer like a couple of years ago like a 190 yeah. deer and all the flyers so and- he's taken her basically every year and so this is her last year youth hunting and so um we paid her we've paired up with skip and created a land management business and everything so you know what what other perfect area to take his sister, um, that then the skips. And so we had a couple deer out there that we wanted to get her on and made a couple hunts and, um, ended up shooting a really nice buck, a really nice wide eight pointer and, uh, didn't find it. Josh came out, you were there. I mean, we searched all night, all day, all the next day, never found them. Um, thought we put a good shot on him. Of course, it was one of those scramble well, around in the blind. It. And, it's crazy. Like, and yeah. I, I will show it in the episode, but like, you visibly, or excuse me, audibly, I guess, can hear this like mm-hmm. smash from 150 yards away. And you're like, no way. The problem is there's smoke, so you can't actually see where it goes. It was one of those slop around the deer coming in from the opposite way. And it's just, it happened so quick that it's just like a, in our eyes, that's a rookie camera move to be on the opposite side of what the wind's blown but it's just how it goes <laughs> ended up the deer didn't didn't uh he disappeared off cameras for a couple of weeks and so you're um, thinking he's dead oh for sure like for sure dead and i was like man like i, I hate it for her that you know we shot that deer and couldn't find it and then uh skip texts us an emoji with the with the mind blown thing <laughs> and, he, and he texts us a picture of that deer we're like no way like awesome dude you know well awesome so long story short um, you know, Justin, he's only got his home farm to hunt. And so I try to help him out with a couple of my permission pieces and obviously skip, skip too. And, and so Justin went in there and we were, we were hunt. Yeah, take it back. I had a, I had a buddy, um, Steven who drew an Iowa tag this year. So it was a perfect, perfect opportunity to take him down there, take out a couple management bucks, whatever. So Steven was hunting me and Justin were hunting the same day. I think it was November 1st, no Halloween 31st. And so, um, Justin hit a buck. We thought he hit him very good. We gave him plenty of time. We took dogs in there two different times, looked for two days. I couldn't find the deer. It was just, it was just a heartbreaker because he was so freaking pumped, man. And it, he gets so jacked up and like, that, that's what I love filming is just like, just uh, capturing that and just being in the moment and man, we smoked him. And then 
you know, bow hunting is just from the highest of highs to lowest of lows. And so we, it was, when was it? The third, no, the second. So it was two days later and we had searched basically all day, the first all night with the dog, brought the dog in again, didn't just couldn't find the deer. And so we went in the second again to look for him one more time in the creek bottom. And I happened to be walking through the creek bottom pretty slow, you know, kind of just looking for blood. And I looked up in that that big eight pointer uh, that we call Jenna's buck that she had shot during muzzleloader season. He was right there, just right here. And I uh, made a snort wheeze and he came across the creek, blew out a scrape at like 20 yards. And then he this came like stupid. I'm tucked in behind the <laughs> a huge cottonwood and he just comes like right in there winds perfect lip curling right here like just as gorgeous as it could be and i was just like man we gotta go after that deer and so he kind of walks off whatever and we we search for another hour and don't find justin's deer and you know we're we're all upset there's just you know it's kind of set in at that moment and so we get back we make a plan that night to go in to the same creek bottom we've got good access and there's tons of I bet Skip's got like 30 acres of just 10 year old TSI down to like seven year old to five year old to three year old, like all along this ridge. So it's like, it's very cool to go in there and be like, okay, man, this is, you know, how old is this? Like 10 years old, seven years old, just like to see that in the timber. And so we've got to set way down on the bottom along the Creek and we can get in with a North wind. And so we just like, man, we should go down in there after Jenna's buck. And sure enough, me and Justin got in there, got in there early. And then we'd hunted that set. Um, with Justin a couple of days prior and just blew out the whole county. I mean, we blew out like 30 or 35 deer out of there, it seemed like that morning. And so the morning that me and him went in, we didn't spook anything. And so I like looked up and I was like, man, I don't know if this is good or bad. We didn't, we didn't blow anything out of here. What do you think caused the difference? Was it a different wind? No, it was the same wind. I think it was, it was a lot colder the day that we blew out those deer. And it seemed like they were all just laying up there, just already bedded. Was there a heavy frost? Mm-hmm. That day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that, um, you know, again, I talk about a lot of things that I feel like I know they're not coming from me. But one of the things I learned from Mark was, he was he'd he always talk about how deer way earlier back to bed on a heavy frost. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you can sneak into particular spots, let that frost burn off, they'll get up and start moving. So I just like hearing that, it's like, yeah. you know, it makes total sense. I mean. And yeah, so the day that we went in, it was, you know, it was like 40. It wasn't bad. It wasn't super cold, but get up in there, don't see the deer for like the first 20 minutes. And then I see a deer cruising across the creek. And uh, I was like, man, I think that's him. And so Justin kind of gets on him and I'm looking through the bottom. I was like, yeah, definitely him. And so he's starting to go away and he's like 150 yards probably or more. And I grunt one time and he stops, grunt again, and he just like turns around. And then all I see is like a big wide frame just coming like straight at us. So I'm like, Justin, he's coming, he's coming, coming, and he's like freaking out. He can't see him, and he comes up, he comes up the creek, and I just see see rack at like seventy yards, just coming, and he stops at like thirty one. He blows out a scrape, and then he comes in at like twenty, and just luckily, thank the Lord, heart shot him, and he died right in front of us. And so it was, it was a pretty epic deal. It was, you know, not one of those you know, two year long quest for the deer that you want and this and that. And, you know, there's a couple other deer that I had targeted this season and had a lot of deals with, you know, pressure and people messing with our cameras and on some of the permission pieces and just, just not ideal. So to make the most out of that situation, especially with Jenna hitting that buck, you know, back in September and then, you know, the, the ups and downs with Justin not finding his deer and 
just to put it all together that week is it 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 was awesome so it it yeah. was it was fun and like i said it, just as good as it gets for a morning hunt november 4th man you know just perfect i am hardwoods really excited for people to see that one it's, yeah when you sweet. when you texted me i was just like why are you FaceTiming? What do you want? I was sleeping. <laughs> He's in bed. Ah. What's going on? Well, yeah, whatever. Well, you ended a podcast like three in the morning or something. Yeah, I didn't. I just couldn't fall asleep. It was like three forty-five <laughs> by the time I went to bed, and you called like seven thirty, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, whatever." You know, he's dead. Wow. We got on the road. Gavin was luckily over here, and we got to come help with the recovery. But yeah, that's awesome. Dating back to or going back to Justin's, you know, unfortunate hit like. The coolest thing, I'm really, really happy for you, you know, on the buck that you shot, but seeing how excited Justin genuinely was for you guys. Like, oh, dude. You're just you, doing it as a team. I mean, like, <laughs> you could not have a better hype man dude, than yeah. Justin Carnes. Yeah. I mean, like, he was he was tearing up in the stand because he, he was just so emotional. Like, it was just like we'd we'd had that, all that happened, and just, you know, two days of searching and didn't find it with Jenna's and didn't find his. Yeah. And it just – it it was meant to be that morning. Yeah, that's man. That backstory makes it just awesome, and the emotional roller coaster to have two of them where you don't recover them to have it all come together. I mean, I I, I feel you there. That's yeah. That's well, uh, and then that's awesome. The other day, well, when was it? The next day, November first or whatever, we encountered Flyerbuck at sixty yards. Yeah, he winded us, and yeah, and we just decided to go back and look for his deer that next day, and just. Yeah. Roller coaster of emotions there. The first part of November, you know, you call it sweet November, but it wasn't sweet until till that deer <laughs> yeah. expired at twenty yards right there in front of us. So. Sour just, November, yeah. Me, like going all the way back twenty seventeen, I and mean, here you guys are strangers. You and Justin, you become best friends, and then what is it? Oh, six, seven years later, yeah, you guys are doing a land management business together with Skip Sly, one of the greatest natural minds out there, and. I'm excited to see it continue. Yeah, man, we're we're definitely excited for the future. Like it's being able to be under Skip's wing and just kind of take everything that he's known. And I mean, his mind—he's as scatterbrained as it gets. But man, he's a walking encyclopedia for for habitat management stuff. Man, it's it's insane. So being able to take everything from him and being able to be a part of his his big farm that he's built over the last ten years from moving from Michigan and and all that is it's incredible. So just being able to learn and take it all in is. That's what, that's what we love. It appears to me you like doing that job a little bit more than editing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the habitat stuff more than anything. Yeah. It'll, it'll I think you've always been pretty open about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never <laughs> lied about my love for editing. I love running the camera, though. So. Yeah, it's, uh, cool. it's cool. See, I mean, it's just like you, Zach. I mean, you know, living the dream, living your dream that you've thought about for so many years, you know. And that's one thing I, I don't think people ever think about it as much as they should. But like, Mike, you're every river farm kill, every kill you've got on these Iowa properties, it's the same thing. Yeah. You've came from Louisiana, you know, and just built something here in Iowa. And it, I don't know, it's probably one of my favorite things about our team is just everybody's chasing their own thing and everybody in this team is there to support the others. Mm-hmm. You and Justin now doing your land management business. Zach owns his own ground. Mike's a great, you know, example meter for all of us. And it's just pure life. passion for it, you know. <laughs> passion. And Josh is there to cheer everybody on. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're dang right. I'll be the first one on the road. Don't you worry. I love it. 
but I think that one of the things that has come up a lot too, like that we talk about the videography stuff a lot too, is that, and I think Drake brought this up about Justin and then Mike brought it up about Rye too, is that one of the benefits of getting behind the camera is that when you do have these, you know, really great moments in the outdoors, you have that same feeling, you know, where like, I felt like I tried to make that pitch to so many people when you try to find cameramen, you know, over the years where you're just like, you just got to experience it one time. You know, if you have that one experience, you know, type of thing, you'll be hooked where oftentimes some of the most memorable hunts that I've been on is when I've been behind the camera, you know, type of thing. And that's the moment that sticks with you because you have that same adrenaline rush or whatever it is, you know. Um, and that's been a huge part of Midwest Whitetail for a long time because the internship program, I mean, it's pretty impressive to look at how far that tree reaches within the industry because there's some people that are doing some really great things in the outdoor industry that all started from the internship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, filming hunts, man. Like every time you kind of go back down memory lane, like how are we here today mm. working this job? And it's like it all started with the camera, and it had no other intention other than like, dude, let's start filming our hunts so we can watch them. Because like some of the crap we're seeing, nobody's gonna believe us, you know. And right. it's everybody's got their own journey through that, you know. But it. That's one of my favorite things about the Midwest Whitetail team. There's a million great teams out there in the outdoor space putting out great outdoor media. But I genuinely believe that the Midwest Whitetail team, there's a lot of similarities by all of us film our hunts. And it it really goes back to just being able to relive that memory. You know, all the viewers that support on the episodes and, you know, every piece of media we're putting out, like, could never explain how appreciative. I, I speak for all of us when I say how appreciative mm -hmm. we are you know, for the continued support. And that goes all the way back to Bill in 2008 and to till now, you know, and, but at the end of the day, it's still my favorite part of just being able, it's like Drake brings up, you know, my favorite clip to watch ever is Drake's intern year. And there's a clip where he's walking across some ice with his gun, <laughs> falls and just eats crap. And just like, <laughs> goes like you see final harness and it's just like, and eclipse and you know so, yeah the kills the highs the lows you know there's so much that we can learn from the video every single day you know watching through all of it and i don't know i mean it just the monday episodes i don't think ever really do them justice you mm -hmm. know the way even though we try and i'm just really happy you guys are all having a season of a lifetime so you're up next dude tomorrow <laughs> hey that's we'll right see. tomorrow yeah <laughs> And, yeah. and I think with all that said too, like there's also times for the video side of it too, where you wish you didn't have the camera because you miss opportunities too, because of the camera side of it, you know, type of thing too. <laughs> and like, that's, I mean, we've all had those where it's like, man, if this camera wasn't here, if we weren't trying to get really good footage of this, you know, how many you would have on the wall too, but that's almost some of it that we're addicted to as well. You know, where it's like harvesting a mature whitetail on its own, a truly mature buck is difficult and then to catch it all on high quality you know footage it's nearly impossible a lot of times um yeah. where a lot where a lot of times they win 99 percent of the time so oh, yeah. i we're just normally out there just watching them and filming them. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching, so. i i know yeah. it's a, i would be like trying to be that guy but it's like i will i really don't i could not go to the woods without a camera i just can't and i think for what it's worth, it, it dates back to the exact moment of November 8th, 2016, when I passed a like quadruple drop time flyer, river bottom giant on four acres. And 
because I was so terrified of killing a deer off camera. Like Bill had just let us on the Harlan show. And I was like, I cannot kill this deer off camera. I'm going to film him. And then he runs away and I was like, dude, that deer was giant. Mega. I remember that. Why did I just mega. do that? You know, mega buck. At, yeah. Kill that big eight a few days later. And that feeling that I got, you know, with one of my best friends in the tree, it just solidified forever that there will, I will, I will regret not capturing that memory. Right. And, you know, I just, our team is pretty committed to that. And I think that that's what makes this group special. So. Yeah. I mean, I reiterate, I mean, people ask me all the time why, I, why I do this. And um, I mean, the number one answer is definitely to be able to look back, preserve these memories, especially when you start talking about the kids. I mean, I have a, we watched a hunt for shorty when I had the farm down in Southern Iowa, it was 2015 yeah. self film. Yeah. And I've got the girls are five, three, and one, you know, they're 12, 10 and eight now. And I'm holding Bryn. She's one year old. Bella's tracking that deer, you know? And, uh, I mean, we, we watched that the other night and it's like, my, we're, we're crying on the couch watching it, just enjoying the the memory of it all, you know? And, and I, you know, there's just so many, and I think about when I'm a grandpa, or you know like the, to have it so well done uh and then you think about all the stuff that's not deer that we film you know like caleb last year the bobcat and raccoon i i think when are you ever gonna see that and and right i just had a little experience like this that's actually coming out on the blog uh in probably any minute now um yesterday we're sitting there hunting and i look over at the river and a bald eagle lands on the sandbar and it walks into the river and take it. It's acting like it's a little uh, bluebird in the bird bath. It was just, it washed itself in there for 10 minutes. It come out, shook off, it went back in. It washed. I mean, we watched that bird for 25 minutes, a bald eagle taking a bath in the river. And it's, I'm like, well, you'll never see that again. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's fascinating. So cool. Yeah. Now we've got like, I've said it last week and say it again, we've got a lot of cool episodes coming. I mean, midweek episode was Zach and, Aiden, you know, we got Mike's DK story on Monday, your episode to follow the following Monday. And then, I mean, heck, by the time we're there, it's going to be already a few days away from December. So who knows what the next story is? Um, hopefully it's us. Uh-huh. I got Drake tagged out. So I have drug him with me to the Iowa public land. Um, <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to hear yeah, about I mean, it. To, you know, the, to bring up the speed, I guess, with my story, like the last hunting I did was – Went to Georgia, had the invite down there from Tyler Jordan, and man, it was an incredible experience. Like experiencing Southern hunting now, albeit it was top tier hunting in Georgia. And that's not given, you know, the guys there put so much time and effort and showcase, I mean, what Georgia could do consistently. Um, But then I returned home, hunted with a buddy for the last eight or nine days, and that took us into November 1st or 2nd. And Frankly, that drop time and big dine that I had on that permission farm, like they just have been very sporadic, if at all there. And I think it had been two or three weeks. And so it's ironic. I'm the one that's always like bringing to attention. Don't wait on a picture. Just go hunt. Well, not taking my own advice. And I'm like, there is no way in heck I'm driving an hour and a half until I know this deer's alive. <laughs> so that doesn't happen. And uh, whatever Sunday would have been, I think it would be the fifth. Yeah, because you killed the fourth, the mm-hmm. fifth. Gavin and I went to a piece of public ground that's nearby my house and we're like, Oh, let's just go do a quick scout. 
five hours later, four and a half miles of underestimating how big this piece was. We're like, dude, we found some really good stuff. And, you know, we're so blessed with the DNR, you know, regulations and the resource management that Iowa public land really gives anybody, if they're willing to put some time in, get lucky, you have a chance at a great deer. And push gun or shove on Sunday, I was like, dude, I feel way better about this. This is a very recent sign. I mean, scrapes, rubs, and it's just like, I understand that that's not indicative of daylight activity, but when I say guys, like, it was the most sign I've ever seen. I'm talking 40 plus scrapes, big rubs everywhere. I'm like, this place looks fake. Like, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. This can't be correct. We get out of there, whatever, and I've just been looking ahead, looking for this wind switch because we've had a lot of southerly winds. And one thing I'd like to note is like, I did not just walk into public land in the middle of November, only thinking about myself. I mean, we basically, when Gavin and I talked about, I was like, we're going to go. If there's people in the parking lot, we're not going to do this. Because walking in midday during what could be all day sits, like that'd just be a really big jerk move. And luckily there was nobody there. And so, like I said, we had great scouting, but I called Drake and I was like, got some good news, got some bad news. So, you know, we're going to, I found a great spot and we're going to hunt it on that north wind switch. It's also like 1.75 miles one way to get in there. And he was just like, sweet dude you sure is a good idea and i was like no <laughs> not at all good you know and so today man november 7th i woke up in my bed and i was like what am i doing like i'm not hunting the morning of november 7th this is crazy but him and i midday went in again and there was a hunter at the parking lot but he was walking out and the plan was at this point we were going to take in our stands and sticks and because the south wind didn't really screw us until we got back to a certain part and just to um, paint the picture, you know, you got to go in, there's a nice trail for quite a bit of it, but it does go up pretty high with some incline back down. And then it turns into river bottom. I mean, if you're down there, you really feel like you're on the river bottom peninsula on the river farm. And it is just as thick as thick can get the deer sign picks up and intensifies immensely, but we were coming down the hill all the stands, everything. And I just like stopped Drake. You talk about the whole like arm grab thing. And I was just like, don't. And I looked down and along the creek bank, see a white belly. And I'm like, there's a big deer bedded there, dude. Holy crap. That's, and of course, it's right where we had like on Onyx built a route trying to get in here. And when we're just looking at this thing, we're like, that deer is dead. Like dead as a doornail. And we're just kind of like, what do we do right now? You know? And so ended up going and dropping off the stands where we wanted to. And that puts us about four or 500 yards from where we want to get. Um, like I said, waiting on this Northeast North wind switch. And I'm really excited for tomorrow. I think that that paired with, you know, we talked about it a few podcasts ago, Mike, just having some sort of change. Had a lot of South pressure starts to rise tomorrow. I mean, it's uh, we're going to sit all day, but so we dropped stands off. And then we're going back trying to check out what this deer was. And sure enough, we walk up on it and it's got an arrow through it. And I was like, oh my goodness, man. Like, and it, it looked like, you know, assumably this hunter was giving it some time because it looked like it entered the liver, came out the guts. And he was stiff, but he wasn't that stiff. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a 24 hour late overnight type deal. And I just look at Drake and I was like, what do we do? You know, like it, it felt really weird. And like, you're almost feeling guilty. Like, we can't just walk away from this thing. Like, 
what if this thing gets eaten? What if they never find it? You know? And I was like, well, what can we do? And so I just impulsively was like, let's just take a video and put it on Instagram. And maybe somehow social media does a really positive thing. We can locate this hunter. And so we got that posted, you know, and I was like, you know, trying to avoid any drama that could come with it. It was like, you know, requested, tell me what piece of public land it's on. Tell me what your arrow looks like. Give me a brief description of the deer. And we'll try our best to help you. So I made an Onyx pin and we were walking back, got back to the truck probably 30 minutes after we posted that video. And down the road, there was quite a few more, you know, there's trucks all of a sudden. There's three of them. And I was like, surely those people are here looking for that deer. There's no way they're not. And Drake's like, yeah, there's somebody in the one truck. And so before I keep going while I'm talking, I'm going to drop here. Um, I meant to show this while I was talking about it, but this is us finding the deer. But we meet this guy, or I guess before we go on, I'm just going to let this play. For those of you watching the YouTube version, I'm showing some video right now. We've shown some video throughout this podcast, but I mean, like I said, again, nice 4K scaling. That's cool. Sorry about that. Uh, we get back to the parking lot. And we go up to this guy in the truck and super nice gentleman. And when I, this is the weirdest thing. I'm like, Hey man, do you kill a deer by chance? And he's like, no, he shows the video. He goes, no, I didn't kill a deer. And he puts his phone out the truck window and goes, and it's me talking your video. I'm like talking going, Hey, if you have a buddy or you shot one. And I was like, no way. And I was like, well, do you have a friend? <laughs> and he's like, yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. And he's like, he's almost here. I had him go to Shields, get a game car where I'm here to help him. And the guy shows up 10 minutes later. And uh, man, I, it was just so crazy how it happened. I mean, I, I was so happy, you know, because I was like, man, what if they don't find him? Because in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea how far this deer's traveled. You know, we're talking about yeah. like Justin's scenario. Right. You know, it was a liver hit. And I mean, you know, you're just like, you don't know how good the blood trail is for him. We had a good blood trail. We kind of tracked it back, but it was only once he had gone down into the Creek and assumably, you know, gravity pushed some of that blood out that was in him. And I was like, what does this guy unfind? So to have the hunter show up within 35 minutes was certainly exceeding our expectations of like that worked. And, you know, the guy was so excited. Um, it was his biggest deer ever. And, Rather than just giving him a pen, I was like, Drake, we got to go help this guy. Like, this is as cool as it gets. And so th this was the hunter, you know, or excuse me, the friend of the hunter. We're walking in, and, you know, he had that whole hat off, like, oh, my goodness, feeling, you know, puts his hands on it for the first time. And just, and so deer like that's why we're in that spot, yeah, you know, yeah. and going back to what I said, like Iowa public land, like it gives you as good of an opportunity as, you know, you could possibly ask for. And so all is well that ends well hunter got his his buck and it actually sounded like it, you know according to him only went about 150 yards so i think that he had hit uh the left lung in through the liver out the guts and uh like i said to him when we were out there it was such a privilege to get to be a part of it i mean i haven't personally got to you know obviously i haven't even released an arrow yet this year but i've got to be a part of a lot of track drops or a lot of recoveries and that makes it as good of a season as I've ever had. My buddy Josh Coglin shot a 176 the other day, his deer, Owen's deer. I mean, it's a list and it's something I certainly don't take for granted, you know, and got to take some really cool pictures and it's kind of one of those right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, I, it's like I told the guy, I was like, and I told this to guys on social media, it was like, I, I don't, we don't want any credit for doing the right thing. 
I would hope that that was my deer. Right. Somebody would try to do the exact same thing, try to reach out, try to locate the hunter. And, you know, just, again, big shout out to that guy. Cause like <laughs> he had an awesome hunt in there too. Though. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gave us some like information. Like he gave us some information morning, that makes me excited. I know I was already excited, but confirmation, there's some good deer in there and, you know, Lord willing. Hopefully, that's Josh awesome. is on their end of a recovery tomorrow. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He that's said, awesome. He said, that's awesome uh, that you guys were able to help facilitate that. It's so cool. You know, it was awesome. We were just talking about how bad it feels to shoot one and not recover it, you know. And so you can imagine he was sweating, yeah. uh, you know, worried about it. And then to just be like, man, we found it. Oh, wow. He just, you know, it's, I'm going to leave it in the blog. I will add a bleep. <laughs> But like when he comes up in the car, <laughs> comes up in the car, and I was like, "Hey, man!" He's just looking at me like, "What are you doing here? Who are you? You're not my buddy." And I was like, "I got some good news for you." And he's like, yeah, what's that? Like, what could you possibly want? And I was like, "We found your deer, man." He's like, "You're kidding me, man!" So, <laughs> he's just like, "I've had such a, it's been a bad day. Like, I've been so worried." And I was like, "Yeah, what would I?" Do? you know scenario he had a great story man he'd been i mean yeah. he'd been in there scouting his butt off since july had cameras in there and like had the deer in there like it was it was a great story just yeah. to bring it all together on seventh on the best day of the year yeah i mean we were gonna kill a deer so it was just like well we might as well help somebody who was like, <laughs> yeah yeah now I, alex is actually editing that blog right now and i ended it <laughs> i feel kind of bad as time has passed like we walked into the house and Alex was like, hey, man, come upstairs. I had blood all over my pants. I'm helping him drag this deer out. <laughs> and I go, I like smack my leg. And he looks at it. He's like, no way. Dude, no way. Are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, pants don't lie, man. You know, and he's yeah. like, are, are we going on the track? And I was like, no, no, we're not. Yeah. Um, yeah so, of course, you don't go in there without your bow, right? Drake, Drake just, taught you this. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, we we did it. No bow, no nothing. We uh, we, we did it. We did it. I took my bow on the scouting day. There you go. Yeah. But it crossed my mind for about a half a second when I saw this giant bedded down. It was actually dead, but I was like, yeah. oh, no. Get back to here's the truck. My, here's my turn. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was a great, great, uh, you know, opportunity to meet some great guys and, you know, we left with some hunting buddies and, you know, it was pretty cool. They, they watched the show and they were very complimentary of the team. And that made me feel really good, you know, to know that folks enjoy what it is. We're trying to, trying to put a lot of effort into. And like Drake said, we'll see you tomorrow. We're sitting all day. I think we've got the lineup of variables that we're looking for. And seriously, regardless, here's a crazy statistic for you. I've never deer hunted with him one time. Ever, ever, never, ever. Have we shared the tree? Like, Never once. Wow, wow. There's so many oh, Yeah. There's so Drake's like, good we, got, there. we got pose, positive momentum. We're, we're, I was like, you know how this story ends. <laughs> We've got great karma. We're just going to get screwed. We're going to have a nice, long <laughs> bonding. I'm not going to suggest anything to the gods. I'm just going to say good luck. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clean November rolls on, man. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, like I said, the episode's coming out. We're very excited to bring them to you. The regional staff have been having some incredible hunts as well. And it's the best time of the year. So 
appreciate you guys taking the time to listen and watch this if you have. And just a quick follow-up, the Arctic Shield Chasing November giveaway is still going on. Super easy entry. Um, last week's show, or Monday's show, I should say, was Owen Riegler's incredible decoy hunt for the big eight that he talked about. And then Caleb Griner officially brings us his lucky update and what he's hoping to do the rest of the month. So a lot of tags left for the team to fill and uh, hopefully the positive texts and, you know, he's down calls continue. And hopefully you guys have had some great hunting of your own. Appreciate you joining us on the After Hours podcast here and best of luck next time you hit the woods.